The footy yarn is proud to be teaming up with TabTouch for season 2021. TabTouch is WA's betting provider, with all funds going back to fund the WA racing and sports industries. Visit tabtouch.com.au for all your betting needs this season. And if you're having a bet, please do so responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. Yes, back on another episode of the footy yarn. As always, it's myself and... The great and powerful Hayden Arducci. Hayden, how are you? Uh, good. How are you feeling after your first intro? Uh, excited. Yep. Um, explicitly uh, moved emotionally. Okay. Yeah. Th- those, all right. You... I like to get in touch with my feelings. Yeah, okay. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, only footy feelings. What's happening in, in footy news? Um, quite a bit. Great segue, Matthew. Um, first of all, we will get uh, some of the bad out of the way. Sam Doherty has obviously fallen to testicular cancer. He's yes. going through chemotherapy, uh, a very sad time. Um, and thoughts out to anyone affected by this uh, as well. Make sure to check your balls at any time, as funny as that is to hear. Yes. Uh, it does get you. It's it does. A, you know, you feel them, but not, not in the way you usually do. Or if you are feeling them and you feel something... Check on it because these things are quite bad. Hopefully everything goes well for him and they've caught it early enough. Fingers crossed. Um, the big Texan. Yeah. My word, where has wow. that come from? Not looking good, is it? You know, you look at him and you can you can get a few racist undertones now you think about it. Like, it just just the look of it, the mo and the mullet. Yeah, look, oh, it's just, they said six weeks and now they're talking about it. Will he, will he be back next season? Yeah. He seems very, very cut up about what's happened. I didn't like like the video. I didn't like Strange. how it made him seem like the victim. Yeah, it's real weird. Like the guy was there, and I was yeah, like, "What I feel is like happening?" They didn't need that. It was far too dramatized. If it, mm. it felt like a movie, it should have just been like just him in like in a they area. Re- it really like I'm, and it would have been hard for him to really needed to face the media and take a press. Yeah, conference. rather than just answering it how we yeah. wanted to answer it with what was almost definitely a script. Yeah, yeah. You could tell he was struggling through it, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, but come it, on, It's text. like he's struggling through it because you realise what you did is wrong and horrible, or you're struggling through it because of the consequences you are now facing, Yeah, which you'd assume is more the latter. Um, there was something brought up. Nova Paris uh, has gotten a former Olympian. Uh, her son Jack is also uh, looking like getting drafted this nice. year um, to St Kilda. He's a next-gen product. Um, but she, she's been quite vocal about this one. Um, her cousin, whose name I actually forget horribly. Cousin Paris. Um, yeah, I think it had a different, he had a different surname. Played, okay. played for the Saints oh. a while ago. Um, and Spider Everett, uh, referred to him in, in quite a racist manner, you know, back in those days. Yeah, and right. that was 2K in four weeks. So to think, she, she brought up the fact that it's only been, you know, 20 years and now it's only gotten harsher by two more weeks. Is you know, is that yeah. really acceptable as a society and as a culture? You now, you and I, I'm sure neither of us claim to be, um, and because we aren't quite, uh, you know, the the politicians that many people would think we are through, yes. um, you know, through hearing us. Of course. Um, so maybe we probably won't delve too deep into where we think this is all uh, coming from. Go a little deep into it, though. Where, where do you think the issue lies? Do you think it's, you know, a birth thing? Do you think it's a growth thing? Do you think people have the choice to be racist or not? Like, obviously, yeah. you can choose to do racist things, but at the same time, you can't sort of choose how your brain's wired. I think it's a bit like 
and I'm not defending Tex in any way. Oh, God, no. God, no. Uh, but he, he, I don't think him and himself would think he's a racist. Yeah. And he's just said it as a passing comment, which is just stupid stupidity from him. Yeah. So he's going to have to suffer the consequences. Like, it's probably the thing where he would have gone, well, I would have, you know, called him a white, you know, yeah, if yeah. he had been. But mm. it's like at, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. It, he isn't and you didn't. Yeah. So, so do you think he'll be there next season? I don't think so. Really? I don't think the club should get him back. I, like, on one hand, they're not really in the position where they need him because they're not really going to compete for a flag while he's there. So I think in that sense, there's nothing really tying him down to the club or having the club tie him down to them, which shouldn't even come into the conversation regardless. But, you know, with these clubs, it always does. I'll tell you what, it's it's an upsetting end to what, Really was a turnaround season for the big Texan. Gee, he started well. Yeah, he, he really was the apple in all of our eyes. I mean, he became such a star and everyone was really getting around him again. And yeah. then it, it's quite a horrible way to have a, have a cult figure fall down and, uh, you know, should be his career done. We'll have to wait and see. We will. Um, Josh Bruce, ACL tear. Seven yes. seconds to go in the game. Yeah. Horrible to see. Uh, they keep asking if Mackay can win. Is going to hold on to win the Coleman? He'll have to now because Bruce and Tex are in second. Yeah, Hawkins is one behind. I think he's Hawkins. twelve goals away. Yeah, it's just yeah, it ha- something ridiculous would have to happen. Uh, yeah, unfortunate for Josh Bruce. Yeah, it was right at the end of the game, like he was yeah. on the ground as the siren went. So. Yeah, it's it's horrible to see. And for the dogs, where does this leave them? Uh, you know, do you bring Sweet back and sort of get English more involved in that forward line? Uh, Hugo Hagen's going to have to get a bit more involved. Could be Mitch Wallace time. Could be Mitch Wallace as the undersized key forward. Does Josh Shackey move back forward? Alex Keith should be back this year. Actually, we'll probably touch on that later, whether Shackey should keep his spot. Um, That seems about it for all the serious news. Uh, We'll get into a bit more lighter stuff. You are actually at this game on Monday, the the Lightning at Optus. Uh, Talk us through your, your perspective of what was going on there. Honestly, I was just we were just sitting there. We were probably in like not the bottom ground tip like the first tier. Yep. And then all of a sudden play just stopped. And there was like an announcement over the ground and the thing came up on the screen, they all went off and I was like What? Yeah. So there must have been a bit of lightning in the sky. And they went off and it was probably the best the weather had been the whole match, to be honest. Yeah. So I was like, This is real strange. I was up by three points in fantasy when they went off and I went they call this. Uh, I'm a chance. And uh, we'll get into that again later. Mm. Um, did you guys have to move at all? or was it- No, we weren't directed to do anything. So it was really just make sure the players are okay. Yeah, fans, well, it's like... Uh, like, I understand why they couldn't, but they could at least do fans get undercover. Sort of I think like they might have said you can if you want to, but like... It should have been like a suggestion, like, yeah, please get undercover. Yeah, it wasn't even like raining at the time. Uh, I, I was like, is there a cyclone coming? Like, what, yeah. it, like it's just so strange that it got called, like we had to stop the game. So what was said was that there was lightning within 10 kilometres of uh, the area. Okay. And apparently that's the ruling. If there's lightning within 10 kilometres, they must stop play for half an hour um, until, and then after half an hour they'll check. Because I didn't hear any thunder either, which I thought was yeah. strange. Um, but, yeah, so that was, that was what was said, that there was lightning within 10 kilometres. It uh, hasn't happened, for like, the rule came in in 2007, and I think it's happened twice where a game's been postponed for bad weather. But it makes you wonder, you're telling me over however many thousand games have been played in the last 14 years, 
only twice has lightning struck within 10 kilometres of a stadium. Um, maybe that's how rare lightning is. We Maybe we don't know. I just... You know the thing where it's like, if you count the seconds between the yeah. lightning and the thunder, you know, I'm pretty sure lightning isn't that rare, especially in <laughs> thunderstorms to the point where over 14 years and however many thousand games, tens yeah. of thousands maybe. During the winter. Yes, there's only been lightning twice within 10 kilometres of the field. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's the longest quarter of all time, but that quarter went to like the 58-minute mark yeah. or something. Pretty niche. It is pretty niche. And I thought Eagles fight back after that was Yeah, they were incredible. dead. They were actually dead. How much and then, of the crowd had left? Uh, a little bit. There was still a fair few there, though. Okay. They sort of hung around. And then I was like, here come the Eagles. Yeah, I thought, hold on. Hang on a sec. Just a sec. You'd be pretty annoyed if you were Melbourne, especially had they've got a big injury in that time. The ruling as well was, um, they. I don't think they explained it too well. It was because Melbourne were up at halftime, they would have won. But I think... It, what? <laughs> I think I think it's just like they didn't say that was ruling. They said because Melbourne was at ha- up at halftime, if the game's called, they'll win. So you're so telling me if a, West Coast let it well, half that's time? what was asked. But I have a feeling it's if the team was up at halftime and still leading, oh. then but they didn't say that. So there's a lot of general confusion. Mm. The rules did get uh, put out on Facebook. People would have seen it. I saw it. Couldn't be asked reading it. What do yeah. you take me for? You know. Bill Gates, I'm not going to read things. So if West Coast were up? At halftime and then up at that point. I uh, assume that's what it was. Okay. Not so just, just, they could just say whoever was in front at the time. They could have. <laughs> but I think they were saying because they were also uh, up at halftime, it's not like it was a uh, topsy-turvy yes, yes. thing. Um, a few retirements going on. A lot of retirements. Yeah. It seems like Tuesdays are the days for retirements because there was a lot yesterday. There was a lot last Tuesday. There was a big one today, though. Um, I may have missed that today, but Murphy, Hill, Rockliffe. Yes. All gone yesterday. Actually, I did. You tell me because I've forgotten. Oh, Patrick Ambrose. The Essendon swingman. Was that, was that your big one? Yeah. Okay. You're quite upset I'm about very that. upset about Patrick. I didn't realise you were such a big Patrick Ambrose fan. Yeah, look, just we could have seen more. What what is it about him that you like? I uh, just he I like the fact that he was referred to as a swingman. So I feel like he had all weapons. Yep. What's your favorite Patrick Ambrose moment? That time he kicked a goal. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> now uh, a, a bit of trade talk. Quite a bit going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into that time of the year, Josh Kelly locked in for eight more years. Yeah, wow. Eight-year deal. Yeah. What are your thoughts on those big Yuck, deals? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, like, like, eight years? Like, he's not... I don't know how old he is. He'd be at least 24, wouldn't he? Like, I feel at like a, a bit older. I feel yeah. like 26. Like, so now he's there for eight years? Like, what if in two years' time it's just not working? Like, you look at Buddy's 10-year deal, surely people would have learned from that. I mean, at the end of the day, the Buddy ones probably worked the best out of all the long-term deals. Yeah. I even think, being a Collingwood fan, I didn't like the Grundy seven-year deal, but I guess you had to do what you had to do to keep him, but still. Yeah, yeah, that was... uh, Jordan Dawson looks set to sign on for two more years, declining a four-year deal from uh, the Crom. Wow. So that's a a big one for Sydney. Jack Billings, uh, he's up for grabs. Yeah, linked to Port. Port and North, Port most keen. Um, but yeah, they're they're getting a. It's down to three fifty k. I think St Kilda mm. offering him, which is oh, the worst. I couldn't oh, imagine. I hate um, that. But naturally, big pay cut for him. He wants about five hundred to six hundred, which is what North and Porter offering allegedly. Um, David Teague 
It's apparently out this year. Carlton are yeah, heard a rumor. Carlton are making that move so they can go for Clarkson in the off season. I'm going to be honest. After the Gold Coast game, I was like, "Yep, get him out." That's you're a joke as a club. That's fair enough. And yeah, I was angry. Uh, it, it, it's a pretty uh, upsetting thing to see how poor Carlton are. Uh, but we talk about it often. Quentin Narkel is linked to Richmond. So Ooh, not wanting to come back to Perth. Yeah, apparently that's uh, that's the one for him. Quentin Narkel to Richmond, two-year deal. Uh, Richmond also are at the forefront for Adam Chera. If he does leave Frio, he's set to go to Richmond. So I don't know how that would work if they're getting both, or whether they will get both, whether Narkel's maybe a backup. Um, ben King... Essendon are going all in on him. Really? They they will do. They don't need him. They got two meter Peter. Yeah, exactly. But they are doing everything in their power apparently to get Ben King. And what about Adelaide delisted Tom Lynch? Yeah. Ah, yes, that, that was shocked one, me. Though. Yeah, he, I think he'll definitely end up somewhere else. He definitely should. He's a, he's a very solid player. Um, more there. Lipinski's going to Carlton apparently. Gold Coast very keen on Clarkson apparently going to offer him four to five years. They should, and they should just offer him whatever amount of yep. money he wants. The AFL should supply money. It's the only way. Look, I, I don't think Stuart G's a bad coach. No. Demote him to assistant. Yeah. If he takes I, it. I don't think he will. But, but what I think, club would take Stuart G? It's like assistant or nothing, bud. Yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, I think he could definitely get another senior role in the future. Yeah. But it's just like Gold Coast have got to be like, it's Alistair Clarks and we are going for him. Here's $4 million a season. That's fair enough. Uh, apparently, they're quite keen on Dom Tyson on a three-year deal as well, looking to add some experience to the side. Dom Tyson's a strange player. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why out of anyone, Dom Tyson's the one you go. I don't him. understand why he's still playing. You know, him. He's Look, he's not. He's okay. Yeah, but it's just like you're know, like, oh, Dom, Dom Tyson. Like, and yeah. uh, two key forwards are potentially up for grabs this window with the Wiedemann and Riccardi. Both wanted by Collingwood, Essendon, and North are the uh, main clubs keen. Which would you prefer as a Collingwood fern out of Riccardi and Wiedemann? Oh, really tough. Um, I'm leaning towards Riccardi. There's just something about him. Yeah. I feel like Wiedemann's probably the smarter option. There's just something about Riccardi yeah. that you're like, I'd like him at my side. Because I feel like Wiedemann gets these chances and just doesn't do it. Yeah. Riccardi looked so good early last year and then hasn't done it this year. Yeah, it's hard. It is a toss-up. Uh, the tribunal, Toby Green, his suspension was upheld. Thoughts on that? Uh, I thought he should have got off. I believe they're going to appeal it. Uh, no, it, I think it was appealed. They're appe- they they they're, challenged it. Now they're going to okay. appeal it again. Wow. So that could be an interesting one. Um, I I don't think he should have. I think it like he looked Dangerfield in the eye, lifted that elbow a bit. You know. He, it was intentional. I don't think there was any way he can say it was unintentional. Well, he did, he did get a week off it, so yeah. it was down from two to one. So there's that. Uh, it, it's just been a lot of inconsistent calls, as there always are. Yes. With the uh, match review panel. Andy Brayshaw's suspension was upheld, which I thought a little bit stiff. Uh, yeah. That one week for poking in the eye or unnecessary contact in the eye region. Um, and Selwood doesn't get a single thing Yeah, his incident, which is uh, quite interesting. And Mason Redmond <laughs> down to a 2K fine. Do you think probably shouldn't have even got that? It was a pretty yeah. legal fair tackle on the ball. Probably should have got the free kick for holding the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, that's what happens with the Bonds. And the 22-22 squad has been yes. named. Have you got a chance to look at that? Uh, a brief look, only really from Collingwood Page. I mean, like, these players are in. I don't see. Well, I'll, I'll run you through the uh, full list for the defenders. Jordan Butts, Brandon Starsevich, Isaac Quainor, Jordan Ridley, Charlie Ballard, Will Powell, Sam Taylor, Changuth GF, Harrison Petty, Trent Rivers, and Tom McCartan. Anyone you think is stiff there? Uh, not off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, midfielders, Sam Walsh, Josh Dacos, Adam Chera, Andy Brayshaw, Caleb Strong, Jack Lacocious, Noel Anderson, Tom Green, James Warple, James Jordan, Luke Davies, Uniac, Willem Drew, Shea Bolton, James Robottom, Justin McInerney, and Bailey Smith. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the forwards, Harry Schoenberg, Zach Bailey, Ben King, Dylan Moore, Kaziah Pickett, Jaden Stevenson, Taron Thomas, Mitchell Georgiatis, Max King, Errol Gordon, Aaron Norden, and Luke Jackson and Oscar Allen as the Rucks. Okay. Did you say Sam Walsh was in there? Yes. Interesting. Well, I'm kidding. I'm, yeah. kidding. I'm oh, sorry, kidding. I forgot how much he hates <laughs> Sam Walsh. Uh, and I think he doesn't deserve an AFL game. I know. I, I do. I love Sam Walsh. I, I love him. Um, Did he get any votes this week? No. So you hate Sam Walsh? Is he in your votes? No, but I gave him votes in previous weeks where he deserved them. Look at me. Uh, Look, uh, yeah, that sounds like a decent side to me. Is there anyone flashing in your eyes that should be in there? Not entirely. I was a bit surprised Warple made it in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I did do my my little side. Um, It's quite tough to select, especially in the midfield region. Um, Dylan Moore was captain, Trent Rivers vice-captain, naturally. Nice. Luke Jackson in there? Um, I believe I did have Luke Jackson as my ruck option. Nice. And then big Aussie Allen was somewhere in that forward line. I assume. I I'm can't surprised um, Jack Ginevan didn't get in there off his three goals on the weekend. Very stiff. Chad Warner, I thought it was quite stiff, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I couldn't think of too many. Tom Powell, um, yeah. pretty stiff. Um, but, you know, these things happen. I thought maybe Jacob Kashitsky could have been in there. Maybe. He's up there with the big boys. All right. Uh, now, Zephyr Clothing Young Player of the Year time. Yes, I'm ready. I One vote. Who got it? One vote for the Young Player of the Year I gave to Zachary Bailey yep. uh, from the Brisbane Lions. Had, had a good year. Had a good year. You're a big Zach Bailey fan. Yeah, he's, he's handy. Uh, besides the fact that he kicked the winning goal against us in round yep. two or three or whenever it was. Uh, he had a good game the week. He kicked two, had about 15, 16 touches, was busy. He's a busy man. I like that. Um, I went with all defenders for my three. Uh, My one vote, and I I should know how to pronounce his surname. The commentators were pronouncing it Bowie, uh, but every time I've spoken to him, I've said Bowie. Uh, So Jake Bowie, Bowie, David Bowie, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, I thought he was really good for Melbourne. Um, I really liked his role. I found someone there. Yeah, I really liked his role. He sort of... You know, he was getting it out of those packs in in the back line to someone who could then kick out. He had 21 disposals, 10 contested possessions, 9 intercepts and 3 clearances. I just really liked his role. I enjoyed his footy. I didn't notice him much defensively, but I thought in terms of getting it out of that back line, I was pretty impressed with his work. Yeah, uh, he was impressive. I liked him. Uh, I saw on the Melbourne Pays, I liked this, this kid's a gun. Yep. I liked him. He's going to be something. He's Two votes. Uh, I went with Gold Coast Suns' Will Powell. Great shout, as did I. He had 28 disposals, 11 contested possessions, 9 intercepts, 8 marks, 7 tackles, 10 rebound 50s, just under 600 metres gained, and one amazing goal. He did kick a goal, and they got me excited. It was a very good goal. Uh, I reckon my three votes might be the same as yours. I don't know. I just got a feeling. You'd assume so. Who'd you go? 
I've gone Sam Taylor. Absolutely. Had 21 disposals, 11 contest possessions, 12 marks, 17 intercepts, and 10 rebound 50s. He was phenomenal. Absolutely insane numbers from him. And nice to see a fullback get the six votes yeah, this week. very good. Um, you know, maybe it'll happen again. Maybe Sam Taylor is going to be the greatest fullback in the world. Who knows? Maybe. I'm excited for his future, though. Tab Dutch Player of the Year time. Who got your one vote? I gave it to Alira Lear. Okay, nice, nice. The showdown medalist for the weekend. So yep. he was busy, he was vibrant, and he did yep. some nice things. Yeah, I went with I went with a player from all three lines of the football field oh. this week. Took Miller, got my one vote. 34 disposals, 12 contest possessions, two goals and an assist. He had seven clearances as well. Just a great season from him so far. Yeah, he was uh, phenomenal. Uh, my two votes, I went with Essendon's Peter Wright. He yep. kicked seven. Was kicking from everywhere. Couldn't big, miss. Big seven, say to Peter. Uh, my two votes, I, I gave to Aaliyah Aaliyah. He had 16 intercepts, 11 marks, with five of those being contested. Crazy numbers. Gee, Sydney have lost a player here. Yeah, they were so willing to let him go. I, I said a couple of years ago, I'm like, this bloke's going to be the best defender in the comp. Yeah, he is insane. Really good, and... They've yeah they've lost a very good player there. Your three votes. My three votes went to Took Miller. Uh, he was phenomenal. Uh, just keeps stepping it up every week, doesn't he? It's great to see we've gone the same. I went with uh, the seven liter heater, Peter Wright, um, for my the three seven votes. liter heater. Yeah, one of the Essendon players posted that, and I thought that's my favourite one. Nice, the seven liter heater. Um, yeah, seven goals from seven marks, ten disposals, seven goals straight as well. Phenomenal. He's made it. He's here. He's here. He's Peter arrived. Wright has finally arrived. Much like Tim David, he has finally arrived. He's got off the bus. He has arrived. He said, lads, it's a bit cool here. Let me pull out the seven-liter heater. <laughs> Jeez, we've got six blokes here who need to be transported. Let me pull out the seven-seater. It's just real exciting from the big two-meter, Peter. It is exciting. Uh, finally realizing his potential. Yep. Uh, let a recap. Melbourne moved to the top, 15-1-4. Bulldogs, Cats, and Port... They're, they're distancing themselves 15 and 5. You'd assume that's the top four now because they're two games ahead of fifth and sixth. Yeah, you'd think Port so. Port have cracked in there. Yeah. Uh, off, off of an interesting season. You have to just be like, well, they're there, so they're a chance. They've got themselves in that position. You have to admire that they have beaten everyone that they are favourites against. Yep. They yeah, just, they've been consistent. They have been consistent. And maybe if they just get – Ken Hinckley as the coach would be thinking, we're in a pretty good position here to yeah. make a pounce of this. Uh, you know, especially when you look at a Melbourne or a Bulldogs, you feel like they've been too good for too long mm. sort of this season. So maybe they won't hold that form coming into finals. Uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe we back power. Maybe. maybe it is the year of the power. Uh, Brisbane and Sydney are 13 and 7. That that would be our fifth and sixth, you'd say. Lock it in. Uh, West Coast, 10 and 10. Just let that game slip from him. GWS 9, 1, and 10, which rounds out the 8. Essendon, Richmond, St. Kilda, Frio, the teams left competing for that final 8th position, 9 and 11. Say Frio and Saints are very unlikely. They would need to win all of their last games. You just never know. Frio, Saints versus each other last round. And they do. Oh, so hopefully they both get up. And oh, it, huge. it gets quite exciting that way. But they, they're still relying on performances from GWS, Essendon, and Richmond. Uh, and then from there, it doesn't really matter. Carlton eight and twelve, Gold Coast seven and thirteen, Hawthorne six one and thirteen, Collingwood in the Crom six and fourteen, and North four one and fifteen. Uh, before we lost to Hawthorne on the weekend, GWS actually uh, ended Collingwood's season by beating Geelong, unfortunately. So, I see. That's, so that's probably why we didn't show up. That's fair enough. Uh, I think Clarko's just said, you know what? If you're not <laughs> going to give me a gig next year, 
You got a low ass draft pick. Yeah, it, he'll finish ninth. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to win their last two, getting a twelfth or something. He'll find a way. It, if anyone's going to find a way, it's Clarko. It is. Um, now going on to the fixtures, um, you'd know better than I because again, I, I don't, I don't manage to keep up to date yeah. on days recordings, but none of them have been set yet. One has the Derby. I see Sunday afternoon. Yuck. Now. I was really disappointed and angry because I was like, this should be Saturday night, at least, yes. at least. Especially with a crowd. Yeah, I heard apparently due to quarantining and stuff, apparently the West Coast, because they versed Melbourne or whatever, they can't, they're not fresh to go until Saturday midnight or some, I, I don't understand it. It just sounds like excuses to me. It sounds preposterous. Give us a midnight game then. Yep. Well, give us a Sunday 10 a.m. What are you scared of? Yes. I want to wake up to a big derby. Yeah. I'd like At that. At Lathline. At. <sighs> don't, wait, Lathline? In Mineral Resources Park. Yes. Jeez, you, you fool. Uh, well, I'm going to go on to the fixes anyway in no particular order. Brisbane versus Collingwood set to be at the Gabba. Neil and Gardner should be back for Brisbane. Robinson could be out with a calf injury. Joshy Dacos should return for Collingwood. Huge. So I- exciting times. Is Cox in the mix? Um, Potentially. It, you know, he's here with us. We'd ask him, but he's, he's not much of a talker as he sits there next to us, standing in the corner, pulling out two Sharkers, leaning on some... Cardboard, made out of cardboard. Yep, I think this could be the week for him. We've got to release him. We've got yep. to. He's got to fight for that contract. I just hope I just hope if it's all over, we give him a farewell match in the last yep. round. He kicks 17 goals in his last two games and gets put on one mil a year next year <laughs> by Essendon. And no. they go with Peter Wright and Mason Cox as twin towers in their forward line. <laughs> give wow. the people what they want. Uh, thoughts on this game? Uh, Pye should win. Uh, just because... You know, we expect to beat Hawthorne, lose that. We'll probably just knock off Brisbane, I, you know. Fair assessment. Um, I'm going to go Brisbane, though. I think okay. now, after halftime that Suns game, they just went, lads, we should probably start, like, kicking into gear. We've got a final series coming up. But then up. they went to the Hawks and went, no, nah, we don't want to try. Yeah, and then they went to Freo and said, actually, you know what? <laughs> yeah, lads, we now, need to. every game they haven't had Lockie Neal, they've won. Their record is better without Lockie Neal. Get rid of Sack him. Sack him. Get rid of him. Trade him for Mason Cox. And play him in the back pocket. Exactly. Geelong versus St Kilda at GMHBA. Uh, Geelong, they'll have a few few big names back. Isaac Smith, Jeremy Cameron, Mark O'Connor and Lockie Henderson. But Dangerfield, Rowan and Collar Jasney all look set to go out. Uh, big Ryan Myers has just signed a two-year contract extension. So that's... Uh, Quite exciting, exciting. times uh, for the Cats. Hunter Clark should be back for the Saints. And Leo Connolly, last week's guest, uh, concussed on his birthday. And Damn it. And missed this game. But at least he got the win. The they big, did. The big 20th birthday victory. And if things keep going their way, he could be playing in a final very shortly. Isn't that exciting for the young fella? Thoughts on this game? Uh, oh, it's an interesting one. You can't see Geelong dropping another one. <sighs> nah, Sorry, can't. Saints. It's probably over here. You can't see Geelong dropping another one. But I think with everything on the line, we see the best of the Saints. I think they go bananas. After that win against Sydney, I think I think they're here. I think they finally said, lads, let's let's do it. Let's make finals. Wouldn't it be such a laugh if we made finals, please? It's Stephen <laughs> Bradbury right now. They're going to make the finals. Gold Coast versus Essendon at Metricon. Gold Coast, no real changes need to be made. Ellis is going out, actually. 
Um, Jack Bowes this year may come in. And for Essendon, they'll get Dyson Heppel back. The big vacuum cleaner. So quite an exciting time. Nice. Could, could be an interesting game. The Peter Wright Cup after his seven goals. It is the Peter so Wright Cup. So he's in a lot of form. He is. Could be quite an exciting game. Suns, they're, they're throwing around a few upsets. What do you think? Uh, this is an interesting one. Gold Coast will be a sneaky chance, but I think the Bombers will win. Yeah, the Bombers are going to win here. I said Saints will make finals. I think Bombers. I think it's between Bombers and GWS for me. Yeah, and look, I still think Richmond are in the mix. I'd like to see everyone make finals just so everyone's happy. Except the bottom six teams. They didn't do enough to uh, to warrant that. Oh, well, we can still make 12 then. Mm. <laughs> We're a chance. All right, well, whatever. Now we'll hear from a good dear friend, Sebastian Clark, as he resides over in Kalgoorlie away from us to get a little get a little pump up going for someone who, who needs to get angry this week. It's time for Seb. To tell someone to get angry! There's a bit of rumbling around because I'm on my way back to Perth, not full-time, just for the weekend, so I uh, don't think I'll be making any appearances on anything to do with the footy yard, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, for what I'm here for, get angry this week, and I usually like to make it up on the spot as I'm going, and yes, I have again this week as well. Luke Shuey, now you wouldn't have heard last week, I gave him a good roll-up, um, but the only issue is he wasn't playing. Uh, so I had to redo that one. So I'm carrying my Luke Shuey call over to this week. The Derby, West Coast, being so lacklustre. Everyone's saying, oh, injuries, you know, when they get Luke Shuey and stuff back, they'll be good. Well, I need to see it from the front. I need to see Luke Shuey get up and about. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, so I'm going again here. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that quarter, uh, the, the, the pre-game spray. Simo didn't do it last week, and look what happened. They lost. So we'll see if it happens this week at the Derby. Good luck, boys, and make sure you gamble responsibly, especially with the tap touch up, uh, uh, the footy yard multis of the week. All right, thank you. As always, thank you to Sebastian for those those lovely words he has to speak. Jeez, he's a bit of a poet, isn't he? He is. He, he mixes up every week, and... Sometimes he gets real animated, sometimes he comes in real calm, but it's not what you're going to expect. He's a man of many emotions, and he wants to relay those emotions to everyone who I assume listens. A proud Italian man. Uh, Those damn Italians. Fantasy talk time, Matthew. Um, Look. One of the great. We we won't mention my week yet. We'll we'll start with you. Okay, look. Uh, Now, we know you're out of the the footy on league, but your draft league, how did that go? My draft league, wow. So... As, I, as I've been telling you, I've been building up my side pretty confident. And you're the big dog of this I, league. You're I the, am. You're the heavy-handed favourite. Yeah. Had the week from hell. Yeah. Uh, many, many outs. I'll read you my outs. Josh Kelly laid out. Dyson Heppel out. Isaac Smith out. Paddy Ryder out. So I had to replace them. So I'm like, okay, hopefully I still get the job done. First game starts. Dangerfield goes down first quarter. Have to play James Peatling. Bloke does nothing. My check, bring him in, does nothing. Rusko, quiet, does nothing. Rosie, does nothing. Going into the last game, I lead uh, by a little bit. He has three players, I have one. Okay, so 
Before the match, Liam Duggan goes as a laid out. He had Liam Duggan. Yep. So you get 77 from his emergency Brad Hill, which is a pretty handy score. That is pretty it's good. It's okay. You'd take that. You'd take it. Game starts. I've got Shannon Hearn. Hearn's on fire. Hearn's on 25. In like no time in at all. In no time at all. Next thing he goes to the bench. And he's there for a while. He's there for a while. The court, second quarter starts to get subbed off. Bryzer goes on to win by 10 points. Now, look, I like Bryzer as a person. Bryzer, if you're listening, you should not be proud of this win. It's a despicable win. Obviously, you won. You're not going to get through the next round. Your season's over. You're a disgrace. Yeah. You're now, a pretender. Pretender, that's the word. Um, I, I'll, I'll go on to, on to my side. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming up against Ben Chapman. Yeah. Again, heavy-handed favourite. Yes. Coming up against an underdog. Favourite in the comp. Yep. I, I'm in I'm in eighth position. He he's in first position. Yeah. as we head to finals. Now th- this starts well. I, I look at it on paper. Kelly goes out. He he trades someone in for Kelly, sorts that, and he's a genius, of course he does. Dangerfield goes down injured. I'm like, thank God. Now, we don't actually have any plays of difference other than Dangerfield and Whitfield for him. I don't have anyone different to him in that first game, so it's all a bit up in the air these first couple of games, but I get a few good performances from smaller players, and I yeah. think I'm still a chance. a chance. It comes to Sunday. Now, off the back of some big performances, Tookie Miller was my captain. He got 140. Off the back of an Aaron Hall 126. Jordan Dugowie's 94 was huge in terms of context. Lockie Bramble's 94, huge with context. But it, it comes down to the Saturday, uh, the final game on the Sunday, and I have a lead but he has more players to play than me. Andy Brayshaw can wrap it up for me. He can just absolutely wrap it up for me. Make it impossible. His only different player on the next day was Clayton Oliver. And I thought, Andy Brayshaw can finish this for me. Andy Brayshaw got 64. Oh, no. And I'm thinking, okay. (sighs) It was better than what he was on, but I'm defending. I have a 120 lead, Clayton Oliver... Very capable of a 120. Very capable of a 120. I'm looking. He's playing well. He's playing pretty good. But he's not getting tackles. He's not getting marks. He's not getting goals. He's just getting disposals. And you know what, Matthew? You did I did it. it. How I'm, much more? I'm through to a prelim. Just, oh, yeah. It's a good feel. Get it going again. Come on. <laughs> um, I scored 2,263. So a big week from me. He scored 2,210. Wow. So I top scored Ooh. in that round. We were the two top scorers. So he can count himself very stiff. Oh, far Because we were the two top scorers in the competition. Have you spoken to him at all? I haven't. I want to give him his time. Now, it comes to the prelim. Manny Liddy is playing Holly Butler, and I have Chris Reed. Chris Reed was hot. He was, he was on fire coming into, coming into finals. But I look at his side on paper, and I think I can do it. I think, I think I'm a chance. It depends what he does in realm of trades. Now, Andy Brayshaw's suspended, and the Dockers aren't going to challenge it, aren't going to appeal it. So I have to trade Brayshaw out. Yeah. I wanted to trade Rowell out. My plan was Rowell goes out, Clayton Oliver comes in. That would have been huge. Instead, Garcia gets downgraded to Brody Camp. Brayshaw goes out. Tom Mitchell comes in. I have 223K spare. So if it if I make it to a final, I can make one more big trade if I make it there. But I'm I'm nervous. 
Chris Reid, if you're listening. Watch your back. You're in for it, mate. Watch your damn back. GWS versus Richmond at Giants Stadium. A lot of ins and outs here for GWS. Hogan, oh, hop on. Before you continue, I just wanted to, while we were had a bit of a break there, um, the, the dates of the fixtures have been released. I see. So I can I can help you out there. GWS Richmond, that's going to be Friday night. I see. Do you want to just run through all yeah, of them and I'll I just can. go through the game? Uh, GWS Richmond Friday night, Saturday, one forty-five at Utah. So Tassie back on the agenda. Yep. Hawthorne and the Dogs, four oh five p.m. Uh, at I assume ACST is Adelaide Oval. So oh, there we go. Yes, Port Adelaide Carlton. So you're telling me, wait, twelve p.m. and then four p.m. on the Saturday, and there's no games between that. One forty-five p.m. Eastern Standard. Sorry, so sorry, eleven forty-five okay. our time. Yeah, and I apologise. Uh, Four oh five Adelaide time. So I think we're. Don't worry about the yeah. times. We'll figure it out. Geelong St Kilda, uh, GMHBA Stadium, Saturday afternoon. Yep. Uh, Brisbane Collingwood, Saturday night. That grounds to be confirmed. So we're not sure if that's going to be in Queensland yet. Yep. Uh, North Melbourne Sydney that night, also at uh, Marvel Stadium on the Sunday. We've got Melbourne and Adelaide at the G. Uh, Gold Coast and Essendon, and that's to be confirmed, and Fremantle West Coast at Optus at three ten. Yuck! Yucky! Yuck. Yuckaroo. Um, okay. All right. That's, that's all fair enough. Looking at this GWS Richmond game, though, Hogan, Hopper, Kelly, Davis, Kennedy, Mumford, Lloyd, Canelio all could chance. all be available. Wowee. So that's huge. Toby Green goes out. Uh, Callum Brown goes out and arguably GWS. Callum Brown goes out. He was phenomenal. And arguably GWS's best player, Brent Daniels, goes out. Callum Brown's going yeah. out? Injured. Oh, okay. okay. I thought he was just being removed. No. I'm sorry. He, he, may, he may get up, but it was, there's fears oh, over cool. Daniels and Brown with injury. Yeah. Uh, for Richmond, no changes needing to be made. Could be an interesting game. What do you What do you think of it? What do you think happens? What do you think happens here, Matthew? What are your thoughts? Now, I know it was North Melbourne. Richmond turned a little bit of a corner after halftime of the week, and they, they just did. sort of get things going, and they'll win this one. Yep. They will win this one, the Tigers. And uh, they will be prowling towards that top eight spot. Solely on the basis of every team. And I, I actually think, it, you know, I haven't done the research on this because only losers and nerds do research. <laughs> um, for however many rounds, it feels like the team that cracks into eighth always loses the next week. That's true. So I'm going to say Richmond. But you wouldn't want to be in eighth position coming into round 23. No, you wouldn't. You'd be terrified. You'd be scared. It'd want to be a ninth position, and that's exactly where Richmond could end up. Um, so Richmond, may, Richmond do love ninth. Maybe it's all part of their grand plan. Hawthorne versus the Bulldogs at Utahs. For the Hawks, the Warpedo goes out. Uh, they could bring in a giant Newcomb or someone of the of the same ilk. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Joshy Bruce naturally goes out. Alex Keith returns. And the big in, Cody Waitman. Oh, huge. So, massive. Now, with Bruce going out, what do you do? Do you think swing a Shacky Ford, get get sweet up there? Mitchie Wallace as an undersized I'm tall. still on the Mitch Wallace train. Yeah, um, of course you are. You got, you where's, got, Do, where's Dominic Bedendo in your, in your sights? He's in, the, he's in the mix. Okay, that's good to hear. Um, but you, you're saying Mitch Wallace Mitch out of the Wallace, cage? yep. All right, naturally. And uh, Josh Shacky, he's been in some pretty good form, but if Alex Keith comes back, there's yeah, no real need. Shacky was a bit quieter on the weekend, struggled yeah. a bit more. Um, right kick seven. That's fair. Uh, but, but Peter Wright is the best key forward in the league. Maybe Shaky to like a wing. 
throw the magnets. Uh, oh, it's a tough game to tip. Should I it think, be? I think this will be close, but yeah. the dogs will win. Yeah, I think the dogs will get up here. Melbourne and the Crom at the G. Uh, for the D's, Jaden Hunt looks set to go out. They could bring back a, a Tommy Mack. Um, and for the Crom, they'll have Lockie Scholl could be available. Oh, he's, he's available. Joshy Worrell's in some good form. Jimmy Rowe, round, great form. Uh, Brody Smith and Will Hamill are going out for them, so they will need to replace those two players. It's like Scholl and, Scholl and Worrell are good fits. Any, any relation to... South Australian cricketer Dan Worrell, Josh Worrell there. Uh, spelt differently, Damn unfortunately. It. I believe Josh Worrell is also a Vic boy. Oh. Um, the Crom, they they gave it to the. I to did tip him to beat Port. I thought for a moment there. I thought we were on. Yeah. Unfortunately, didn't eventuate. Um, I'm gonna have to back the D's in here though. Yeah. Uh, look, Crom did beat him earlier in the year, but I think Melbourne will win this game. It could be quite exciting to see what happens. Tab Touch Multi, the week time. Roll the stinger. It's time for the Footy Yarns Tab Touch Multi, the week. Yes, Tab Touch Multi of the week time. Ching, ching. Love a punt, Matt, do you? You like uh, Only when it's on Tab Touch and yep. only when it's done responsibly. Naturally, uh, 1300 858 858 is the number to call. If that is not the case, that you are not gambling responsibly, obviously you must be 18 plus and a West Australian resident. Matthew, we got it awfully close last week. We I did. Was, I was one Max Gorn touch away and you were two Brody Myjet goals away. Imagine if I reversed Higgins for four, Myjet for two, it probably which would have paid rocks. more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but regardless, laptops on 6%. Uh, we're recording this after the actual episode because the fixtures weren't out, so had yeah. to wait for them to go up to be able to put a punt on on Tab Touch. Um, get through mine first. I've, uh, we'll start with the, the cheeky, lighter, odd ones. Chad Wingard to get 20 or more at $1.28. Maurice Rioli to kick two or more at $3.20. Mitch Georgiatis to kick two or more at $1.72. And Hayden Young to get 15 or more at $1.40. It's making $9.86. I'm, you know, I, I have faith in it. Maurice Rioli's a bit of a, a, bit of a punt, yeah. but I, I've got faith in him doing the business this week. I like it. You've taken a bit of a risk, yep. but it's still safe. Combine the risk with the, you know, with the safety. Yeah. So I started with tonight's game. Yep. Uh, Shy Bolton, uh, just to kick a goal, just to kick one. Naturally, no worries. Yeah. What's that point? Four thirty. Yep. So a nice safe start. Brisbane Collingwood, Collingwood to win, going at six dollars seventy five. Um, as much as we're definitely not favourites, I'm surprised we're going at that much. I think no. So I've gone with that. Um, yep. This guy's been in an exciting corner. Alex Neil Bullen. I've bet him to kick three-plus goals. I see. Going at $18. Okay. And then James H for 15 touches or more. Again, has Alex Neil Bullen ever kicked three goals? He definitely kicked two last week. Okay. Uh, what's that paying all up? All up, that's a whopping one hundred and ninety-two sixty-nine. All right. Put the house on that. Yes. Don't mind it. Are you going to be punting on that? Sure. Responsibly. Is that a responsible bet? Yes. Depending on how much you put on it. <laughs> That's it. Off to the next thing. Bit of a big boy stretch from you there, Matthew. You're on? I'm all good. I'm getting tired. Am I boring you? No, I just need to stretch the muscles. Keep I see. Stay limber. My groin is feeling a bit tight. I may, I may get up. 
Um, as, as you dissect this game, North vs Sydney, Callum Mills returns, Matthew. Yes. Give us a bit of a dissection while I stretch my groins. Oh, look, North Melbourne, Sydney, uh, big, big game. North are in some really good form at the moment, which is uh, exciting to see. The Swans dropped that game last week in an exciting clash against the Saints, but not a uh, not a great performance from the Swans, but they'll bounce back. And as good as uh, North have been, I think the Swans will win this one. Uh, what do you reckon, Gooch? Uh, that's a completely fair enough assessment. My right groin's really not stretching out and cramping up here. We've uh, we've been going too in depth here. Been doing this too long, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that that loss for Sydney will be good. Just a bit of a reality check losing to the Saints. Um, so I think at the end of the day, it'll be good for them. And as good as North have been over the last few weeks, I'm going to back Sydney in here. Uh, two games left of the round: Port versus Carlton at Radelaide Oval. Port, no changes need to be made. Mark Murphy announces his retirement. Is it a ploy to actually get a game? Maybe. Well, he has really strung his way there by getting a few medical subs. Yep, they've really forced it on him. They've said, you're getting 300 games and you're retiring. Gee, I really hope they start him. I hope they don't medical sub him in his 300. It would be disgraceful if they did. 300 slash farewell. Yeah. He's the best brother. <laughs> yeah. They've got to give midfield time as well. Yeah, just play midfield the whole game. Look, he'll get 36 touches and Fairy tales happen when players retire and it's a milestone game. Jared, they need to win. Look at Jared Rufford. Exactly. You know, how many did he kick on poor Charlie Ballard? 10? 50? He won the Coleman in that one game. <laughs> Insane. Uh, Mitch McGovern could return oh, after a big time in the twos. And Brody Kemp could come in for his first game. Liam Jones and Harry Mackay are confirmed outs. As I said earlier, Port, no real changes needing to be made. Do you think Carlton stand a chance here? Yes, I do. I reckon they're going to win this. I'm going to back Port just because they've been so consistently good against the teams below them. And final game of the round, it's that it's that derby, Matthew. A little yucky wucky 3 p.m. on a Sunday derby. Yucky time, With great both game. both teams fighting for a spot in the eight. It feels like we're saying this most derbies nowadays. It should be the most competitive derby we've had in a while. It should be. I think it's going to be exciting. And but if Frio don't turn up, oh my word! Oh, we're so angry. For the love of God, I will have zero respect for them as a club. Look, if Frio can win this, I think West Coast are going to miss the eight. I really want Frio to win it just to make it so that seventh and eighth are up for grabs. Yeah, and it'll. My word, will it be exciting? And just because out of all derbies, this would be like the biggest one for them to win. I think the Dockers are going to win. I'm on the train. Get me a purple jumper. It's time, baby. Someone get this man a Dockers jumper ASAP. If we look at the ins and outs, Bailey Banfield is back, baby. Oh, my. Listen to all those bees. They're home. Bailey Banfield back, baby. Isn't that exciting? It's got triple B's. He's got time left to fight for that contract that's up in the air. Lock it in. I reckon they'll throw it to him just to say, Bailey... Your career is on the line in these last two games. How dangerous was a big Lloyd Meekup for? Mate, I'm loving it. Brayshaw's out. Wilson's out. This has got to be the time you throw a Driscoll into the mix as well. Gee, that's a few outs for the Dockers, isn't it? There Important is. players. And West Coast have a few. They've got big ones going each way. Shuey, Barras, and Ryan all return. So that's, that's three huge ins. Hearn and Kennedy go out. Kennedy not confirmed. Hearn... Rubbed out. Kennedy does look 50-50. Jeez, um, I hope they don't drop Harry Edwards for Tom Brass. He was phenomenal on the weekend. He was I good. I am a huge Harry Edwards advocate. Um, a footy yarn alumni, I guess you'd call him as well. Correct. Uh, good eater. 
He did have a good hater. Also, I believe good friend with um footy yarn friend Sean Ingram. I wouldn't call Sean Ingram our friend. Okay. Um so you're all back in the dockers in here? I'm back in the dockers every day of the week. I desperately want to, but I just Don't think do it. Don't do it, man. West Coast are going to get up. And I think if West Coast get up, this will be the people's reaction to Frio. <laughs> They'll be a laughing stock. Because this is What if it's a close game and they lose like by three points? <laughs> You've lost too many derbies. Fire up. It's not even competitive. When was the last time a derby was competitive? Should have been at the start of this year and they just did nothing. I didn't know Get Angry was starting now. Yeah, it is. It's starting late. I'm furious and upset because I like the Dockers. I want the Dockers to do well. But it's just like, for the love of God, do you want to do well? Yeah, it's like that, that great win. Like in their retro jump of the week before against Richmond, and then they came out the next week against Brisbane, and they were poo. I feel like the only reason I like him is because you can't take him seriously. There's a lot of blokes <laughs> from that club that I know that I feel bad for <laughs> saying this because they're all great blokes, and individually, it's a club full of great footballers. But I cannot take them seriously as a club. Well, like just... if they made the eight, you'd be like, oh, gone first round. But if if any other teams like St Kilda, GWS, Essendon. Richmond made the eight, you'd be like, okay, they can do it for me. A Frio, you're like, absolutely not. They just, you just don't feel like they show up in big games, and when they do, that's the outlier, not losing. Look, I think it's time next season. It's a new era for the Dockers. Retro jumper. Constantly. Permanent. Trade five. Get... Get Logan McDonald for five. Trade five. Get some youth in. Five isn't the answer anymore. Chop. Catch no, you should definitely. They should definitely. They'll keep, keep five. five they should keep five. But at the same time, if you wanted to be cutthroat, yeah, I'd get rid of five, and I'd try and get a big name key forward that's West Australian. Reel them home, you know. Why not? Why wouldn't you? You've got the midfield cover for it. Maybe you could offer Chera a few more big bucks if you truly wanted that. Maybe you, you try and swap Chera out for someone. Who knows? There's so many options, but I think Frio just need to be more aggressive. They need to show. That they're actually a serious club. Show some heart. Because I can't take them seriously. And I've had enough. And I can't imagine how their supporters feel. Because this is so- coming from someone who doesn't even support them. That's true. I just... It's not even that I feel... I feel bad for them. Because of how poor they've been over the past few years. Where they just should have been good. Just yeah. underperforming. Um, that's it from me. In terms of my, uh, my my sort of random rant from Freo. I'm going to tip West Coast. I hope Freo get up. Okay. But that's it. Uh, we have a little interview coming up now. Oh, baby. Uh, we've been working hard on this interview. We did it just a little earlier. We've been working hard on this interview. thought, maybe this bloke just doesn't like us. Uh, but then I realised he is the nicest bloke in the world. He spoke And is in the top well. three people in the world I trust, along with my podiatrist and 21 Savage. So okay. here he is. Um, and with quite an interesting story. Again, very well spoken, but one of the better interviews in terms of uh, answers we've received uh, and how well he's spoken them. It's uh, Tom Highmore. And joining us now, a man with uh, quite an interesting journey to making it onto an AFL list. He was pick 45 in the 2020 National Draft after missing out in the four drafts prior. Saints defender Tommy Highmore. Tom, how are you going, mate? 
G'day, boys. Going well. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here, Tom. Now, we spoke about this a bit last year in our conversations, but for anyone who may have missed those, can you give us a bit of a recap of your four years between your first draft and last year? You know, what was going through your head as each draft passed by and the decision to eventually move to South Australia to try and get recognised, which did work successfully? Yeah, so I'm a Canberra boy originally, so I spent my time um, all through my juniors playing in Canberra and, and coming through the, the GWS Giants Academy and um, was a part of that from probably 14s through to about 18s and, and even in my 19th year I did overage and um, played for New South Wales ACT and, and the, the Rams um, and eventually in the Allies program as well with some good footy players. But it was probably the couple of years um, playing in the NEFL competition, um, which is now dissolved actually, but that was with the Canberra Demons um, and that was a really good time. A couple of really good years um, and made some really good friendships and, and played some really good footy, but the NEFL just wasn't probably regarded in the same light um, at the same standard as probably the VFL and the Sandful were. So it was probably at the end of 2019, after a couple of couple of pretty consistent years and, and not getting picked up and just getting overlooked again, um, that I thought, well, I may as well just get out of my comfort zone, move out of home and, and yeah, shifted across to Adelaide and signed with South Adelaide the Panthers over there and um, yeah, didn't know anyone over there and, and didn't have any friends. So it was a bit of, um, yeah, it was nervous times, early days, but um, they welcomed me with open arms. and Yeah, absolutely loved it. Now, how do you feel the times not being picked up and having to keep putting the head down and trying again helped you build aspects of your game, such as resilience to be able to finally slot into an AFL side? Well, I think that's exactly right. I think when you, and to be honest, like whether I was, good enough to get picked up any of those years I'm, I'm not entirely sure I suppose it's just someone's opinion isn't it um, but there's obviously players who, who are better than me getting taken ahead but yeah it was just each year you, you probably get a little bit excited around draft time and you're speaking to maybe a few clubs and, and there's a bit of hope but you're, you're never quite sure so I think missing out each year probably just leads you to have no choice but to, to live more of a balanced life I suppose and um, nearly completed a couple of uni degrees of working full-time work in Canberra, full-time work in Adelaide, um, used to living out of home and, and um, I suppose a bit of time management and, and a bit of balance in life and um, yeah, I suppose there's, there's some of the things that I can come in now as a mature age player, like a bit older than all the draftees now and I'm, I'm probably fortunate in a lot of ways to have a lot of that experience under my belt and can really appreciate the opportunity I've got now and, and can take it with both hands. Okay, and you look at your draft night, you would have been through a few of those that would have left you quite disappointed. How confident were you of going, especially, you know, comparative to the other years, how confident were you compared to them? Do you feel any any less, you know, excitement going into a draft? And how did you feel when you did finally hear your name getting cold air after about four or five years of trying and missing? Yeah, this was the one I was definitely the most excited for, having probably got invited to the to the national combine is always a good sign and, and having probably six or seven um, interviews in the lead up to the draft and, and it was exciting times and there was a bit of bit of buzz and you hear bits and pieces through your manager but you're never quite sure um, and it was probably only on draft night, on draft day I was working um, in McLaren Vale in just outside Adelaide and my best mate rocked up at work um, from Canberra, he flew across to surprise me on draft night so um, that put a little bit more pressure on the night, but I still went along to training that night at South Adelaide and um, didn't bother watching the draft. And then it was 
probably flick the TV on when I got home about 8.30 or, or 9 o'clock and it was up to about pick 15 or pick 16 that I thought, oh, maybe I will just nestle in and, and, and watch this. Um, but I hadn't heard anything from any clubs for, for a couple of weeks leading up to the draft. It, it went a bit quiet. So um, my manager reassured me that, that that's sometimes a good sign because clubs don't want to give away any information. But I thought um, he was just probably trying to protect me a little bit. But yeah, just to be sitting there with my best mate, my two housemates at the time, um, yeah, it was unbelievable that a good mate of mine, Bo McCreary uh, from South Adelaide, went went the pick before me. So I was halfway through messaging him, and then to hear my name come out, um, get read out. Yeah, it was just it was just almost overwhelmed with emotion. It was happiness. It was yeah, it was excitement. It was relief. It was yeah, it was everything. I knew I was going to be moving away from these guys in Adelaide now, moving straight to Melbourne. So it was all it was all really quick, but it was um. Yeah, it was, it was a dream come true, that, that moment. You're just, yeah, you're just full of emotion. Now, having to move to a third state in as many years, how has your day-to-day life changed away from footy since being picked up? Yeah, well, that's probably been the most interesting thing. I think when you go from just playing state league footy and you're working full-time, you're still training at a pretty high standard and training three or four nights a week um, and trying to fit full-time uni around that as well. Like I was pretty... Um, chock a block last year whereas now I feel like I've got so much spare time on my hands I've dropped down just to a couple of uni uh, units at, at uni um, but the days are just so completely different like you're, you're up early and in at the club um, but some days you're done by midday or, or two or three o'clock so you have a lot of a lot of time on your hands so I feel like um, part of that is you eat a lot healthier obviously there's a lot more time and preparation goes into your meals and your cooking um, probably a lot more value on your sleep um, and looking after yourself. But it's probably partly why a lot of the guys love golf, um, take up golf as a hobby because it's probably time-consuming, fills in your afternoons, your days off. Um, but, yeah, I, I've almost found that. Like, it, you can kind of make it, make the time you like of it. It's, there's enough time in your schedule. You can do extras if you want or you might need to relax, catch up with friends or family if you've got that opportunity. But, um Given COVID, it's probably thrown a spanner in the works for a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I'm just living with a, with a guy called Jack Bytel and, and we're pretty close mates now. So we just try and squeeze in a bit of golf where we can or, or uh, Netflix series or cooking or whatever it might be. But no, we're pretty lucky. And they tend to take it a bit easy on the first years when you do come into uh, your first pre-season with the club. How did you find that whole first pre-season experience transitioning into the AFL? Yeah, again, it was, it was completely different to, to the usual pre-seasons they've had given um, COVID and the draft was so late. So I was only there for, for about a week and a half of, of pre-season before Christmas and um, I was eased right into it. Then I wasn't able to join in any of the main sessions because purely because I hadn't done enough kicking in the lead-up. But So I was forced to just run for the first couple of sessions, which... Um, isn't my strongest attribute, so I was definitely blowing pretty hard those first couple of sessions, trying to run around with Jaron Geary and Dan Hanabry in the rehab group, and um, they're, they're fit as anything, so that was a pretty rude awakening for me. Um, but then post-Christmas, you, I missed a session probably here or there, but um, given the more mature body, they um, they tend to get me involved as much as I could in doing as much with the main group so you could gel and, and fit in as quick as possible, which was good. 
Now, eight months since you got picked up, how much do you feel like you've improved in that time on all aspects of your game? And then is there anyone at the club you feel has stood out in terms of helping you grow? Yeah, I think I've definitely improved as a player. Like, I think just naturally, like, training every single day, both on the field, but it's also in the gym, it's in meetings, it's watching vision, it's picking up eating habits, sleeping habits, um, just probably all those sorts of things that, that, that makes you better. But um, particularly on the track, you're just training at a, at a, at a greater intensity. Um, a lot of the drills are just done um, at a much quicker rate. You don't have as much um, decision-making time. You have to hit your kicks. And, and blokes hold each other to a pretty high account, um, which is probably the real difference. Like, you, there's no real off sessions. You just have to be on for every session. Um, but yeah, I've definitely gotten stronger throughout the year. Like I've dropped some skin folds too, which has been good. Um, probably coming from a long way back where I, when I first got picked up. Um, but I've been really lucky. Like Jack Steele, who, who's a fellow Canberra boy and, and obviously captain of the club, who's having another stellar year. He, um, he's taken good care of me this year. Um, showing me plenty of the ropes, but, but down back, Dougal Howard and, and Cal Wilkie have been super for me. Um, and in terms of the young guys, like Ben Patton's my age and, and he's a good country lad. So he's looked after me and, and Jack Bytel too, who's my housemate. So I'll probably mix of those guys, but it goes right across the list, no doubt. And it was pretty early into the season that you did pick up your debut. What kind of, you know, what kind of feeling was it when you found out you'd be getting your debut? How would you find out and how was the experience of running out for your first game of AFL footy? Yeah, I was probably pretty lucky to be honest. Like to to go through the preseason and and as I said before, like miss, missing a few sessions here and there, and, and just trying to get used to the speed of the game and um, the intensity these guys train at. And it was the first preseason game. I was picked as an emergency, and we played North Melbourne, and I came on for the last quarter um, and did a few good things, which which meant I got another crack as an emergency the following week against Carlton. Um, and then yeah, played it played the second half of that. I was unfortunately for him, but, but James Frawley went down with a shoulder injury and meant he was going to miss a chunk of, a fair chunk of time. And um, it was only a couple of weeks out from the season. But for, for me to, to get a debut in round one, it, it relied on James Frawley going down with a shoulder injury, Ben Patton to break his leg, Gil Robertson to have, um, to have ongoing heart um, issues, which is unfortunate, and, and Jake Carlisle with his back too. So... There's all these blokes that almost fall, fallen over along the way just for me to get a game, um, which is which has been amazing. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride for the footy club, but um, since then, particularly in the back half of the year, I like to think I've started to repay a bit of the faith for the club and, and play some pretty consistent footy. Now you have found yourself a bit in and out of the side this season. What kind of feeling is it to go back to the twos after playing on the big stage? And have you found it at all frustrating? Yeah, it is a little bit frustrating. I, I think it gets to like played the first couple of games against Giants and Melbourne, and and was pretty solid against the Giants. And then there were just probably little bits of my game um, just fell away against Melbourne. And but just straight away, it's it's back to the twos. I think when you when you're probably the last one in, you're also the first one out. So you almost have to just have that game, that bit of a breakout game that that buys you, buys yourself a few games. Um, and takes a bit of the pressure off, but but yeah, it was kind of in for two, and then was back to the VFL for a couple, and um, then it was back into the AFL side for one, and then back out, and then a couple of as sub at AFL level, 
um, all before the bye. And then since I think the Crows game, just before the bye, I think I've played just about every game since. Um, but when we played West Coast a couple of weeks ago with a with a broken hand, but um, yeah, it, it, it makes a world of difference just to be able to have a bit of continuity in your game and um, play week in, week out. It, it does give you a bit of confidence um, rolling into each week and just taking your learnings from the previous week and being able to apply them straight away rather than back down to the to the lower level at VFL. Okay, and the Saints season, it started quite below expectations after a very strong year last year. It, it, it lacked some consistency at times at the start of the season. What did you gather was the general feeling around the club on the results and ladder position early into the season? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty bizarre start for us. We, um, we started the season with a win over the Giants and then just lost to Melbourne by a couple of goals, which we were really disappointed at the time, but, but probably didn't know they were going to be one of the best sides of the comp. But that was followed by thrashings by Richmond and, and Essendon and Western Bulldogs. So, um, yeah, we were, we were probably in a world of hurt, I suppose, for, for a couple of games there. But um, we are able to respond with a couple of wins um, against West Coast and Hawthorne that suddenly you think you might go all right and then suddenly we lost to Swans and Adelaide Crows by by less than a goal. So we've, we've dropped a lot of close games, which has hurt us this year. And But I think it's probably going to hold us in, in better stead going forward, being able to have this year where we, we, we've struggled a bit. Um, but rather than just paper over the cracks, we've been able to talk a lot about what's gone wrong, why it's gone wrong and, and how we're going to get better for the future. Now, since then, it's been extremely up and down for the Saints, getting three wins in a row to crack into the eight, followed by three losses in a row, and then a big upset over the Swans on Saturday. How frustrating is it to drop games you know you could win, especially with the eight being so hotly contested this season? Yeah, and, and that's been the most disappointing thing. Like I said, I think we've lost four or five games now by by less than a couple of goals. So um, it's almost a season, a season of what could have been, but... I mean, like a lot of clubs, and I know it's no excuse, but we've been smashed with injuries to, to pretty important players at, at important parts of the year. And um, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get across the line in a lot of those games, which is which is really what it comes down to in, in a win-loss industry. And you come into the game on Saturday knowing you need to win to keep your season alive. How does the side approach that sort of a game? And personally, were you feeling more anxious or nervous than you would for any other game? No, I almost think it's the opposite, to be honest. It, it felt like after we lost to Carlton um, that the pressure was almost off. It feels like we've got nothing to lose now. It feels like we can just attack each game um, and just go all guns blazing. Like against Carlton, it was the expectation that you should win and win well. Um, and they just come out with everything to play for after being beaten by eight or nine goals by North Melbourne, I think it was. Um, and they just came out with the energy and intent required and and I think the Swans, who have now been on the road for, for six or seven weeks, I think they were just expecting to probably run over us. And we just came out with with the right intent um, and energy around the ball. And, and, and that just seems to be the, the what makes a difference at, at this level now is any team can seem to beat any other team. It's um, just who decides to show up on the day. Now, with two tough games remaining, sitting two points out of the eight, well off the mark with, with your percentage, what are the general emotions of both yourself and players around the club with both games being must-wins? Yeah, well, I think that's the thing. We've got nothing to lose at this point. We're um, obviously got one eye to the future as well because we know we, we haven't played anywhere near the standard of footy 
Um, we would have liked to to this point in time, but we know there's the opportunity here to, to finish on a really good note with a couple of wins. And it started on the weekend against the Swans, um, and now we go down to the Cattery this weekend and, and play Geelong, who are coming off a pretty poor loss as well. So um, they've been one of the form sides of the competition this year. So we'll um, we'll definitely try and take it right up to them and continue some good form and give ourselves every chance for, for this week and next week against Frio and um, just hope a few of the other results go our way. All right, Tommy. Well, that's, that's all we've got for you today, mate. It was, it was great to have a little listen to you. It's obviously an amazing story you've got coming into the AFL and super excited to be a part of your first season in however small of a way that, that may be, but really excited for what the future may hold for you. And hopefully these, these last two weeks go, go in the way you're hoping. Nah, thanks for having me, boys. Really appreciate it. Yes, and a big thank you. To Thomas Highmore there. Huge thank you. Huge Massive. thank you. Um, finally got it done after a month of month of failed attempts. But it made it more special. Yeah, we finally got it off the road. And I, I can't wait for a um, TFY alumni beer catch-up where Tom Highmore rocks up. He's the first one there. And um, he goes to buy us a beer to apologise. We say, no, we'll buy you three beers because I trust you. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's it from us today, Matthew. Unless you had anything else you wanted to add to the people? Uh, look, just stay true to yourself. Uh, don't get confused by the jargon that's out there. Just believe in yourself and and trust trust within yep. whatever the right thing is to do. And remember that every stranger is just a friend you haven't made yet. Exactly. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Thanks for tuning in, team. I hope you enjoyed the genius that just took place. Make sure you're following the Footy Yarn on Instagram and subscribed on YouTube to keep up with all the latest podcasts and videos. See you next week, and remember, love your footy.